Do you want to welcome Pastor John as he comes to bring God's Word? That'd be awesome. Thank you, Dave. It's good. It's good to be here and uh, sharing with you again tonight. Is everyone a bit excited? It's a public holiday tomorrow. Anyone excited? I used to live for holidays, school holidays, public holidays, any form of holidays is what I lived for when I was at school. And uh, now I work and uh, we don't get Mondays off. Well, we get Mondays off, but public holidays fall on Mondays. Anyway, um, Andrew, you pray about that and uh, see where the Spirit leads. Um, We have been going in a series uh, uh, called Alpha Sundays. And um, so you may not have been knowing that we're following that, but we have been. And... It's a, an amazing series. Pastor Twig was just saying that we're actually doing a course that you can jump on board with. And uh, it, it was a course, um, who, the founder was um, Nicky Gumble, And since he wrote this course, millions of people around the globe have done it and their lives have been completely changed. And I think 125 languages it's been um, translated into. You can actually go and see footage of... Um, guys in in prison who have done the Alpha course, their life has been completely changed by the power of Jesus and they even look physically different and there they are in their cells worshipping God and having a a mini worship party and so get along to this course but we're going to follow along tonight and keep going um, on this Alpha Sunday and what I fell on was the topic of the Holy Spirit and I remember when I got given this one, I thought, oh dear, um, this is a massive topic to compress into a, a message, um, but we're going to give it a good shot, all right? And so my prayer is that uh, our hearts will be freshly woken to the things of God. And maybe for you tonight, maybe it's a, a moment of realising that you haven't given your life to Jesus and you realise that when you give your life to Jesus, significant things and changes can take place in your life. So I want to look at a couple of things. The first is, who is the Holy Spirit? And then the other area is, um, we want to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? And so before we go into the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, let's have a look at a few things around what, um, who is the Holy Spirit. And uh, firstly, one of the first things we believe in as followers of Jesus, as Christians, is that we actually believe in and serve and worship a triune God, all right? Have you ever heard that before? You might have heard about the, the Holy Trinity, and we actually believe that we have one God that is made up of three persons. Sounds a bit bizarre, but one God and three persons, not three gods, but actually one. And the three are co-equal and eternally co-existent. So in other words, we have God the Father, we have God the Son, and then we have God the Holy Spirit. And the things to note about this is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, there is perfect love and perfect unity within the three. And wherever God acts, whatever God does, it's done triunally. The three work in unity. The other thing that I, I think is important to understand is the Holy Spirit isn't a force, but the Holy Spirit is a person. And the Bible says that actually we can uh, grieve the Holy Spirit. We can actually quench the Spirit's fire. 
in some verses actually says that the, the Holy Spirit is like a still small voice or the Holy Spirit is like a rushing wind. And so we get these, all these different ideas and concepts and then when we're talking about a God made of three, it can get pretty confusing. Is anyone confused? Uh, don't worry, I still am and I'm trying to work it out. And I think what my encouragement is, before we go any further, is for us to not get bogged down in, in trying to understand all these things of God, all right? One thing I realized pretty quickly on life, uh, in life is that I am not God and therefore I cannot think like he does. I mean, I can think like God does, but I'm not going to think to the depth he does, because I think of things from a human mindset. We can understand aspects of the Trinity, but there's always going to be mystery. One thing I've noticed that as I've grown in my relationship with God, my relationship in understanding the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I've come to know them and understand how they work in better ways. You mean it becomes clearer to us as we grow and mature in our faith. But my thing is, I want us to not be worried about trying to figure everything out. That's my heartbeat. We won't know everything this side of heaven. Let me, let me give you a verse that helps explain this, or it helps explain it to me, is Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. And this is what Isaiah says. It says, My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, in other words, if I sent you out and I said, can you make a measurement of from the earth to the heavens? It's impossible. It's immeasurable. Well, this is what it's saying. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, for me, this is where faith kicks in. Let me give you an example. How many people have um, flown on an aircraft? Many people? Hop on a plane. How many people actually know how an aircraft is put together and how an aircraft works? I'm not talking about aerodynamics. I'm talking about all the components that make an aircraft work. Is anyone brave enough to put their hand up? No one? I've worked in the industry as um, fixing aircraft as an engineer for many years, and I still didn't have a clue how they flew, all right? Uh, if that makes you nervous and sweat, so it should. Um, I only fixed a few of them. No, but what, I'm, what, I'm, what I mean though, but is we go and hop on these planes to get to a destination without actually even knowing how they work. Is that right? Actually, you pay. You pay to hop on a piece of metal that's 2.5 millimetres thick. It actually gets blown up like a balloon so it doesn't compress. And you allow some unknown person to fly you at 35,000 feet to another destination. And you still don't even know how it works. It's, I've, I've got an image of, a, of an engine, all right? This is a, a Rolls-Royce engine. I don't know if it pops up. Explain how that works. This is one of the engines I remember working on. And I still don't have a clue what that thing is. You know what I mean? Like, No, I do. I do have a fair idea. But the thing is, we hop on these jets, all right? We fly. But why do we still hop on them? Because we've seen that they work. We see that they get us to the destination we need to be. And the same is in my spiritual journey. What, like, why can I trust God with my life? 
Why can I not understand the fullness of the mysteries of God, the, the Trinity, how the Holy Spirit works, but yet I know with confidence I can trust him. Why can I have faith? It's because I've read it in the word of God. I've heard it. I have seen it and I've experienced it personally. Like you may not believe that God exists, but can I tell you without a doubt, I have experienced it and you will never change that experience I've had on the inside. I can tell you without a doubt, God changes lives. I've seen it. Has anyone's life been changed because of Jesus? We've got a room full. And so this is what I want us to know as we continue pressing in to the Holy Spirit and learning a bit more about the Holy Spirit and how the Trinity works. Well, let's, let's continue on with some more examples. Genesis 1, let's go to the very beginning of the Bible, creation. Genesis 1, 1 to 2 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the what? And the spirit of God was hovering over it. You can see that when God created, the Holy Spirit was, a, it was present and was active. In other words, he was there from the beginning, which is amazing because you see that our God or our, our spirit, the Holy Spirit is a creator. I mean, he loves to do new things. He loves to bring harmony out of confusion or order out of disorder or where there's deformity. He loves to bring beauty where there's oldness. The Holy Spirit loves to come and bring newness. Another illustration that shows that our God is triune is the fact that the Apostle Paul tells us that the Son of God, God the Son, was actually present and active in creation as well. So we've just heard the Holy Spirit was. But listen to Colossians 1.16. It says this, For by him all things were created. So by him, Jesus, or God the Son, all things were created. Things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, all things were created by him and for him. So as we keep pressing in and we look soon at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, tonight we can know that it is God in all his fullness ministering to us tonight through his Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but that actually the Holy Spirit is the one who has brought you here tonight. You thought it was your neighbour who just shoved you in the car and started driving radically to the church. It wasn't. The Holy Spirit has brought you here tonight. All through the Old Testament, we read examples of the Spirit of God moving, resting on people for particular times, for particular God callings and tasks. One of my favourite examples of this was uh, the story of Gideon. And I love the story of Gideon growing up. And if you go to uh, Judges 6, um, I'm, I'm going to recount it a little bit. The book of Judges is where we hear of Gideon being called out by God into leadership. If you know anything in the background, Israel had done a, a pretty good job again of turning their back on God. They'd made it about following other gods, trying to make everything about them. And what had happened is the, the Midianites had come and overrun Israel. The Midianites were oppressive. We even read in the passage that they destroyed all the crops and all the livestock. 
And what happened is Israel called out to God in a repentant heart and said, God, help us. And so God raises up Gideon, who is a judge, and he leads them in how to follow God and then to ultimately to find uh, rest from uh, their enemies. And this is what Judges 6 says. It says, then the Lord turned to him, that's Gideon, and said, Gideon, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Gideon goes, but Lord, how can I... How can I rescue Israel? He says, my tribe that I come from is the least tribe in all of um, the land. And he says, and I am the least in my entire family. So here he is, the whole tribe of Manasseh. He is from the weakest clan. And of that weakest clan, he is from the weakest, he's the weakest in his entire family. And the Lord said to him, Gideon, I will be with you. But then we get this beautiful verse down in 34. It says this. Then the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Do you know that in this passage, God had stripped Gideon down to 300 men in his army against a vast nation. No wonders he was saying, God, I cannot do it. But see, when the Spirit of God clothes Gideon with power, all things are possible. We see examples of this all through the Old Testament. We get Joshua, uh, Samson, we see Saul, we see Ezekiel, and the list can go on. You'll be recounting them even now as I'm talking. But something beautiful is taking place through the Old Testament. Something that the Holy Spirit or what God is doing through the Holy Spirit, something that is going to be of huge significance for us. As you move through the Old Testament towards the New Testament, there's this common theme, a common thread, this story. And the story is that God loves his children so much that he was actually orchestrating his divine plan to bring his children back into relationship with himself. See, God didn't desire to be a distant God. God didn't even desire to be a shoulder-to-shoulder God. But he desired a greater intimacy with his children than this. And it has a huge significance tonight if you are a follower of Jesus. Let, Let me try to explain. The Bible tells us by nature we are actually spiritually dead. And the reason we're spiritually dead, the Bible tells us, is because we turned our backs on God and said, God, I'm going to do it my own way, known as, as sin. And because we are spiritually dead, well, then we would have no spiritual understanding about God. If we're spiritually dead, we'd have no understanding about God or a relationship with him if it was not for the Spirit. We would have no understanding that our sins had separated us from the God and from God, except that the Holy Spirit awakens us. Nor will we have any spiritual understanding that God, in His mercy and His love, has provided the way to reconcile us to Himself through the cross and the resurrection. This is what 1 Corinthians 2:14 says. It says this: the man without the Holy Spirit 
does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, they are only understood through the lens of the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, through being spiritually awake. See, when God the Son, Jesus, and we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when God the Son took upon himself human flesh in Bethlehem, how was he conceived? By the Holy Spirit. And he lived among us and he made it clear in his earthly ministry that he came to save his people from sin. That's what Jesus, the name of Jesus means. This is great, like amazing news for us. See, Jesus was coming to deal with our sin, to actually remove the blockage that stood between myself and God, between you and God. And see, God sends Jesus in human form to walk on the earth. He brings a revelation of who the Father is. He demonstrates the Father's love, demonstrates the Spirit's power. He demonstrates the fact that the world, uh, sorry, that demonstrates that he is truly God and that the world needs a saviour. But ultimately he comes to be the sacrifice for our sins, taking upon him our punishment. He does that through the cross and he raises again, providing us with forgiveness, eternal acceptance through anyone who comes and receives forgiveness through faith. Listen to what John 14 says. Jesus answered, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except me. What Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying is that You, I, need to be born again by the Holy Spirit. You see the significance of the Holy Spirit all the way through. This is why we haven't got just the Father, the Son, but we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus. Nicodemus in John 3, he says this. Jesus said to him, flesh, Nicodemus, gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised by my saying. You must be born again. I remember when uh, Sienna, our first child, got born. And um, and this little thing popped out. And it definitely was human. You know what I mean? Like it looks like an alien. But it was definitely human. And I remember thinking about it. It doesn't look anything like me. It looks a bit cuter like his mum. Well, actually... Looked a bit feral at the start, but then got better. But the thing is, this is it. But when we're talking about the Spirit, it's the Spirit that can only give birth to the Spirit. It's the Spirit that can only revive the Spirit. Man can't do it. Man can only give birth to flesh. See, when you come to Jesus and receive him as a personal saviour, we actually become reborn by the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful truth. It's what it means when people throw that phrase around. I'm a born again Christian. But it gets better. Because we're forgiven and cleansed, Jesus doesn't come just to live with us by the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit actually comes to live within us. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Ever thought about that relationship with Jesus and you think, oh yeah, Jesus is just here beside me and we're, we're riding together and we're jogging together. But actually, the Holy Spirit, because of what Jesus did on the cross, actually comes and lives within the follower of Jesus. That's powerful. Where we were separated from God, now we are filled by God. Our relationship with God through Christ is actually so intimate that we, are, we have the right to call God Abba, Father. The Aramaic version of that says, Daddy. You know, like I, I think of my kids when they're pestering me and I'm just trying to ignore them, but then one comes up and tugs on my shirt and says, Daddy. Things change, you know what I mean? All of a sudden I turn into an ultimate chef and I start cooking all these amazing meals for them because I'm, my life has been changed when I see that they're tugging on the heartstrings of the fact that actually, Dad, you're my provider. You're my carer. This is what God's talking about. I love what Luke 13, and sorry, Luke 3, 16 says in the New Testament. It says this about John the Baptist, John the Baptist who was sent to prepare the way for, for Jesus to come, God the Son. It says this, John the Baptist says, I, I baptise you with water, but one more powerful than I is going to come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, and he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. John's saying that, look, I can only baptise you with water, but when you encounter God the Son, you're going to be baptised by the Holy Spirit. Baptism literally means to drench, overwhelm, immerse and plunge. I've got a photo of uh, Sienna's bunnies that she loves desperately. And uh, if they come up, you'll see why she loves them desperately. There they are. Her favourite of them, so there's old bunny, new bunny and other bunny. All right, and um, very original names. You can tell which one's old bunny. Can you see the one that's not had a very good life in the middle? Um, she loves that thing. Like, it goes everywhere. And I remember, like, it goes to Bunnings. It gets dragged along the floor. It goes in her little basket in her bike. It goes to bed with her. It goes to the bathroom sometimes. Um, everywhere she goes, it goes. And it, it is terribly dirty. And I remember us trying to encourage her, like, to say, Sienna, look, you know how we put you in the bath and we, we wash you and you come out smelling like roses and you just, you know, you, you smell like a pretty person? Bunny really wants that as well. You know, like, he wants to know what that feels like. And it took a lot of convincing and eventually we made a big deal of it. And we, she's like, okay, yeah, let's give Bunny a bath. And we took her downstairs and open up the washing machine, we've got one of those front loaders and she gently put Bunny inside and she got to close it and we said, look, you can press the button. And everything was good until the water started filling. And the water kept filling. And if you know these front loaders, there's no way that you can stop the cycle until the end. You know what I mean? You can't force the door open. And so she, as the water immersed around old Bunny, she was frantic. But then it got worse because the cycle kicked in. 
And I still remember seeing Bunny being frantically flipped around like I've never seen Bunny move before. And then she moves into this screech of like, Bunny! We eventually console her, <laughs> kind of. And uh, we, we, we get Bunny out. We work out a way to get Bunny out. And Bunny isn't just damn, Bunny is soaked, you know what I mean? And she's clinging to Bunny as if he's just made it through. But this is what I think about when we realise that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just rest upon you tonight. The Holy Spirit actually wants to immerse himself in you. This is a significance of why Jesus died on the cross. Jesus taking away our sin, making a way for us to have a relationship with God so then we can experience the intimacy of God through the Holy Spirit. We read later on in Jesus' earthly ministry, we hear about um, after Jesus was on the cross and his resurrection, Jesus gathers his disciples and he, he, in John 16, 7, we read about it and he says to them, look, I've got to go away, but there's a good reason why I've got to go away. And he says this, but I, I very truly I tell you, it is good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, God the Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is amazing. This is significant because you think all the way through the Old Testament, even parts of the New Testament, people came to know that Jesus was the Son of God. And where Jesus went, crowds would follow him. He'd go to a town, they would follow him. People would climb trees to not just see him, but to hear from him because they longed to hear the truth and the wisdom that came from God, the Son, Jesus. And you can understand why the disciples, when he said, look, I've got to go, they were desperate for Jesus to stay. But remember, after Jesus' resurrection, he just didn't, what he did say is he told them, he said, wait in Jerusalem. He said, until the promise would be fulfilled. 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, the day of Pentecost, we read in Acts 2 of the amazing events surrounding when the Holy Spirit finally came. The Holy Spirit that we experience today. And the Holy Spirit came and it indwelt and it infilled and it empowered this timid group of believers in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel was miraculously preached around the globe. It was actually preached in languages that the assembled crowd at that point could hear. And you know, the power of the Holy Spirit moved so powerfully that 3,000 people in that moment came to faith and was baptised. And as Peter preached, he said, he declared that this was the fulfilment of what the Old Testament prophet Joel had prophesied long ago. Here's what Joel 2, 28, 29, this is the prophecy. But afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even my servants, even on my servants, regardless of rank or race or background, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. Why is the Holy Spirit so significant to us? What does that mean for us today? You know, we've seen the Holy Spirit was their creation. The Holy Spirit moved all through the Old Testament. He would come and put his hand on people and anoint them. And we've read that because of what Jesus Christ has done, the Holy Spirit just doesn't come upon us, but the Holy Spirit now dwells within us. Well, this is why it is so important. This is what we have because we have the Holy Spirit. Let me list them off. Number one. The Holy Spirit brings justification in our life. We just we read that. When we become born again, we become born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit cleanses us and fills us and sets us free. He gives us life and we actually become a new creation in Christ. Number two, the Holy Spirit fills the believer. When we're dry, the Holy Spirit refreshes When we're empty and low, he fills us. When we are overflowing, he just keeps pouring into us. This is who he is. When we come to him, no matter where we're at, he he loves to revive us. Uh, Maybe this is something even for you tonight. Maybe you've been walking in a relationship with Jesus and you know the Holy Spirit has come and lived within you. But our life has gotten surrounded about trying to achieve everything on our own, our own plans, our own desires, maybe building up our own identity on the things that are around us, putting things instead of where God is, you know, trying to find your joy, your peace, your happiness, your worth, your value, your identity in all these other things, but not God. I want to tell you that tonight, you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh. Yes, You have the Holy Spirit, but is the Holy Spirit full in your life? Does he control your life? This is what Ephesians 5.18 says. It says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit fill you. Let him control your mind, your thoughts, your heart, your ways. Because I tell you, I don't know you see so many stories. People don't make great decisions when they're drunk on wine. But I've never seen anyone make a bad decision when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three is this, the Holy Spirit Spirit fellowships with us. The Holy Spirit actually desires to do relationship with us. He wants to partner with us so we can walk in his freedom, experience all the goodness that the Lord has for us he loves to fellowship with us by leading you and guiding you in all truth he loves to teach us how to pray he loves to let us know that we are adopted as sons and daughters and not just to stop there but to help us grow and develop so we become more like christ 
The Holy Spirit loves to go deep in the parts of our lives and begin to awaken us because he knows that those areas are actually a slave that we're living toward. And he loves to go and awaken us and remove them so that we know a lightness of spirit. Have you ever had that in your life? Where maybe you've made some decisions and you come home and you sit there and you feel just heavy. Some of the scripture even it describes it as my bones ached. What Jesus wants to do, if you're filled by the Spirit or you have the Spirit in you, is to, he wants to speak and fellowship with you and begin to draw things out in your life. And he wants to take them out and place him there instead, that you may know the freedom of his Holy Spirit. Number four is the Holy Spirit loves to counsel and comfort us. He's called the counsellor, the comforter, the helper. Number five, the Holy Spirit produces godly fruit in our lives. Galatians 5, 23 says, but the, spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and the list goes on. But notice it is the fruit of the Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can produce fruit in our lives. So many times in my life I have attempted or tried to produce fruit. You know what I mean? Think of something like goodness and kindness and you think, God, I'm going to be a good, nice, kind person. I'm going to be self-controlled. And you pull out and someone cuts you off. There is no fruit hanging on my tree at that point. You know what I mean? Like you feel a bit bitter and you think, I could just follow this person. I don't anymore because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But, um, but do you see what I mean? Why? Like why does it change so quickly? Because these are things of the heart. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to change our character, our heart, our way of thinking. Our thinking. He wants to change us from the inside out. He wants to change our character. And who can change our character? Only the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. He loves to let us know when we're going down wrong avenues. He likes to let us know when we're going into stormy territory. The Holy Spirit likes to prompt us when uh, things are being taught that don't line up with the gospel. The Holy Spirit likes to convict us when we're turning our back on God. The Holy Spirit loves to convict us when um, attitudes are there and we know that they're not healthy attitudes. You think about it. What has the Holy Spirit convicted you of this week? And the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us because he wants us to feel downtrodden. The Holy Spirit convicts us because he wants to give us life. Number seven is the Holy Spirit brings freedom. It's only through the Holy Spirit that we can begin to see breakthrough in bondage, in fear, in pain, brokenheartedness, addictions. I always think about this, especially with addictions. It's only God's spirit that can remove Satan's strongholds. That's why Jesus says, come to me just as you are. Come with a repentant heart. Come and, and before God and say, God, I, I need you. I, but a repentant heart is a God, I can't do it. And I don't even know if I can let go of it. But God, I just, I want you to take every part of my life. Even those areas that I'm struggling to let go of. 
And in that moment, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and do the only what the Holy Spirit can do and bring new life to your spiritually dead soul or that spiritually dead area. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Sometimes this is instant. Sometimes this takes a very long time because God, through the Holy Spirit, is wanting to unwind some very deep things that are going on. The last one is this, or can I say in that um, the Holy Spirit brings freedom is 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hold that close to your life. Some of you need to grab hold of that, and that's that truth that you sing out. You declare when you're feeling bound, say where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Number eight is this, the Spirit freely gives spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 11 says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all people. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the Spirit wells. Can I encourage you, if you have gifts, spiritual gifts, Don't shy away from them, but step into them. There's giftings that are in this church right now that are not being exercised. And if you read at the start, it says actually it is there and given to us to profit all the body of Christ. God, the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift. Use it powerfully. There's There's an amazing story I heard about a guy called Charlie. And uh, Charlie is, is an amazing artist. And if you go to uh, London, you can actually go and see his statue, which is um, the prodigal son. But he was an atheist. And do you want to know how he actually had his first encounter where his life was so broken that he realised there must be a God? It's because someone exercised their spiritual gift. He accounts that he was sitting in a portaloo and he heard this hymn being sung. And as the words of I have a friend in Jesus was sung, he said, here's an atheist who began to weep in this portaloo. You can't tell me that's, that, that's nothing else but the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use those gifts tonight. The last one is this. Ben, come and join me. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit, who is all-powerful, is willing to empower you tonight. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He wants to empower us to do His work. Wherever you are called right now in your season, He wants to empower you by His Holy Spirit to go and do His work. 
firstly bring glory to Him, but then to go and tell people that they need a Saviour. And if you're going to see lives change, well, it's only through the Spirit who can give birth to the Spirit. Whether it's in your universities or your homes or maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in a marriage, maybe it's something that you're being called to that you feel like you do not have the strength to do. But God's called you. He says, well, not by my, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. This is why as a church, as a followers of Jesus, we should be seen as being different because we have the living God living in us. This is why our prayer is powerful. This is why our worship should be exuberant and triumphant because the living God, the Spirit lives in us and He's alive and He's well and He's active. Where we're... We should be faith-filled instead of faithless, encouraged instead of downtrodden, hope-filled when all is lost. I'm not meaning you're necessarily joyful at that point, but you're hope-filled. Because Ephesians 1, 19 to 20 says this, and He's in comparably great power for us who believe. The same power is the same power that was exerted when Christ when, when God raised Christ from the dead. Do you understand that? The same power that raised Christ from the dead three days later lives in you as a believer of Jesus. Does that fill you with hope? Does that put a new song in your heart? Does that mean in those areas where you think, how am I going to get over that wall? How am I going to face this? How am I going to do the callings God's put before me? You say, but I can't, but God can because our God is a triune God and His Spirit dwells within us. And so we're going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to stand because the Holy Spirit is here tonight. Maybe just in a moment of, of stillness, a desperate need of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to come. You know, those areas of our lives which we know we've shut off and say, God, by your Holy Spirit, awaken me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with your love. Overwhelm me with how much you actually love us. Lord, where I've taken the the wheel and tried to do it my own, Lord, well, I want to repent of that and ask your Spirit to fill those areas. Where I've done it in my own strength, Spirit of God, come. Maybe you've got a task or you've got a calling or you've been placed in a job. I don't know what it is, but you're thinking, I can't do it, but God's put me here. Ask now for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're carrying a critical spirit in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and change that critical spirit to a spirit of gratitude. 
a spirit of generosity. And my prayer tonight, that if you do not know Jesus, Spirit of God, will you come and open eyes through your Holy Spirit. Let us see our desperate need for a Saviour. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you now that you will come afresh and fill us from within. Thank you that you came and died on a cross, Jesus, and rose again. And I thank you that you left us your spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but by my Holy Spirit. And Lord, how we can rest in that. And I ask, even through this song right now, as we, we sing, Lord Spirit, will you minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want prayer tonight, if you want to be anointed with oil, if you want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray for you. If you want to sit, you can sit. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. This is a beautiful time where the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us in the name of Jesus. This song is for 
Father God, we, uh, we thank You so much for what we've heard tonight. And just, um, Lord, I love that Scripture. Uh, it's better that I go because then I will send a helper for You. And uh, what an extraordinary promise uh, that we have in You, knowing uh, that when we surrender our lives to You, You envelop and dwell within us, great God, the great helper, the one that can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, great God. And uh, this is why the best thing that we can do is surrender and give our lives to You, knowing that the all-powerful, almighty Creator of the universe dwells within us, but more than that, wants to use our lives and for, for us to bear much fruit, Your Word says and promises. So Lord, we thank You for that. And uh, we look forward uh, to what You wanna do in and through us, not what we can do. It's so limited, great God, but what You can do in and through us, that's what we desire to see, great God. And uh, I know, Lord, that You long to use us as well. I know that You long to bless and move sovereignly in and through us as well, great God. And we just thank You for that. And so, Lord, use us this week. We just surrender before You now. And we're gonna go about our workplaces and, and our universities and schools and wherever we're going. We're gonna go about whatever we need to do. But I just thank You, great God, that You're gonna lead us and guide us. And we surrender before You and say, use our lives for Your kingdom purposes, we pray, Lord. So we're available to You. And uh, we thank You, great God. And we commit these things to You in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, I do want to say it's really important. Feel free. We'd love to pray for you. There's still opportunity after service tonight to be prayed for. Opportunity out the back at our prayer lounge. You can get prayer. Um, but I love that Scripture. An advocate. He helps us, uh, which is so exciting. Uh, feel free to grab some food uh, tonight. I think there's a footy game on in the chapel as well. Uh, if you're into that, you can go in there as well. But God bless you and may God, whatever you're doing this week, may He use you this week mightily for your kingdom purposes. May there be some awesome stories that come out of this week, I pray. Uh, but yeah, God bless. Have a good week and we'll see you soon.